We are The Purposeful Project. We help entrepreneurs for free. Welcome to today's pep talk, where we'll take just 20 minutes to interview leading experts from around the world who share actionable know-how, insights and life lessons. To hear these incredible insights, follow us on Spotify, Apple Music or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Or you can simply visit thepurposefulproject.com, sign up to our mailing list and get the podcast in your inbox every single week. Welcome to today's podcast and today we have Anna Markovici from Manifesto. Yeah, so I got your name right, I think. Absolutely. Perhaps not the brand yes. name. So anyway, to do, uh, to do the, the pronunciation justice, Anna, would you like to introduce yourself and talk a bit about uh, sure. the, 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 the product that Manifesto is? So good morning, Dave. Uh, I'm super, super excited to be here. Um, so I'm Anna Markovici. I am the founder of Manifesto Nutrition. And basically, I'm on a bit of a mission to level up your supplement taking. So I wanted to really prove that taking a supplement should be a luxurious and, quite frankly, pleasant experience without sacrificing performance or sustainability. So that is what I set out to do. And that's what Manifesto is. And the name Manifesto is really kind of a representation of all of the values that the brand is built upon. Yeah, it sort of almost reminds me more of a kind of movement in terms of a brand name. Yeah. So it's sort of, I guess it's kind of capturing that spirit. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I mean, I've, I've always sort of I grew up in a kind of a, a zero waste environment. That's just how my family was. And uh, so when I uh, when I wanted to create a product, I, it really needed to hit a number of things. Uh, one, uh, it needed to be obviously pleasant to take and beautiful and taste nice. Uh, but secondly, it really needed to uh, to be healthy for you. Because uh, a lot of gummies do tend to be made out of gelatin and have a high sugar content. So I really set out to make sure that that is not the case. Um, the formula had to be potent. So I really worked on that with a nutritionist to make sure that it's got a really good mix of uh, nutrients. Um, and then uh, certainly last but not least, I really ne- it needed to be plastic free. And that was probably the biggest challenge, uh, to be honest, uh, because Something like 90 to 95% of all supplements come in single-use plastic that gets thrown away. And when you consider that the global market is something like 1.3 billion pounds only in the UK, and 71% of all adults take a supplement daily, that is a huge number of bottles. I'm still trying to work out the math. Exactly. I mean, it, it, it's truly, truly shocking. When you think about, it. Yeah. I mean, I thank you because I hadn't really ever thought about the kind of plastic of supplements, but you're absolutely right. I mean, it, yeah. and I guess they're all fairly small, and you know, they probably end up in land a lot, end up in landfill, and you know, I'm so yeah, it's a, I, I, it's a really interesting point. So, can I ask? Because I think you know, as part of this series, what we're trying to understand is you know, the spark that got you kind of thinking Mm -hmm. about the opportunity um, and, you know, how you kind of got going. Because I guess, you know, before you started, you would have been doing another job or doing something else and uh, you you would have had a light bulb moment. So would you mind just sort of talking through that? Um, 
Yeah. Um, so what happened was, uh, Dave, six, six years ago, my, my father passed away uh, and he passed away quite suddenly. And, um, you know, I, I guess grief is a funny thing. You know, you obviously grieve for the parent that you lost, but then you also really uh, your own mortality kind of comes into perspective and you think, holy moly, if I've got 30 years to live, am I living the life that I'd always envisioned for myself? Will I get to the end of those 30 years and look back and think, have I got any regrets? And I knew that I, you know, I was really lucky because I worked in an industry that I actually really enjoyed working in with lots of talented people. And I've been, you know, blessed in my career to work in some amazing, amazing brands. But deep down, I just... I guess I wasn't aligned with my values and the, the key values were, you know, of, of, of waste. Uh, there's a huge amount of waste that goes on in the beauty industry. And um, so, and I, so I really, really wanted to, to think about, you know, what is it that I want to achieve? What is my life looking like for the next 30 years? And I kind of set about uh, making those changes almost unconsciously at first, and then it became a more conscious thing. And that was my personal manifesto, is thinking about what is it that I stand for? What do I want to achieve in the next 30 years? And how do I even start doing it? I, I, I think that's, I mean, it's, it's fascinating. So you had a kind of uh, precipitated by grief almost, a, a, a sort of change in the way you thought about the world. And I guess, so, so when did you start thinking about... Um, sort of turning that that into a business you know I guess what what was the thing that precipitated that well I I sort of I guess I always was a little bit entrepreneurial you know in in my approach to things um what happened was actually a few years back, uh, I had, uh, I, I have two kids and they were one of, you know, one, they were young. Uh, and one of them got sort of a cold sore in, in nursery and uh, I got the advice of giving them fish oil. So I kept buying fish oil tablets and fish oil pills and you tried to give that to a toddler. It's like mission impossible. She'd put one in, she'd spit it out. Yeah. Uh, even it's even nasty for adults, right? But never mind for a toddler. So until I found one brand that was essentially a gummy brand, which was multivitamin, which had fish oils, and lo and behold, she it was a sweetie, and she was delighted to take it. She would remind me every day she wanted to take it, and uh, her cold sore was much more under control as a result. And I thought this is brilliant. Um, but when I looked at the product. It was basically two-thirds sugar. It was made out of gelatin. It had artificial sweeteners, colorants. So I thought this is not that healthy, in all honesty. And then I went into the U.S. and I saw that actually a lot of the vitamin category has changed over into gummies for, for grown-ups. And, um, and I thought, why is this not happening in the U.K.? Um, and also in the States, people don't really care so much about, you know, either plastic or ingredients or, you know, a lot of these were still extremely high in sugar and, and, and not super healthy. So I basically started to look around at, at, at my end to see, is it possible to do this in a healthier way? Is it possible to make it vegan? Is it possible to make it low sugar? What are the things that I need to do in order to make it truly a healthy product? 
Um, and once I did that, then the second challenge was, can I make it plastic free? So, can I, so going back to the ingredients, you're, you're mm-hmm. not a biochemist or a nutritionist by background, are you? No, although I'm a bit of a nerd. Right. So that kind of helped, but but it, it's it's it, you had to go on your own voyage of discovery around this. So yeah. so where yeah. you know I guess that was sort of looking, googling stuff and talking to people. More than that, so I I, I read a lot of books um, in my spare time. I was reading up a lot of uh, you know scientific books, a lot of nutrition manuals and books. And then I actually found a nutritionist as well to work with, to really formulate. So I went with the vision and I said, look, I really want to, I'm in the beauty industry. I want to make people feel good. Um, you know, I want to create a product that's, uh, that's, that supports hair, skin and nails. Um, these are what I think should go in there. What do you think? And they made tweaks and adjusted it. And that's kind of, that's how the process worked basically fantastic so you you basically you you had a kind of product which you 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 thought would kind of you could see the opportunity for the product it kind of ticked all the boxes and then it was on to how do we get rid of the the plastic was it well um the ingredients uh, the ingredients actually took quite a bit of time um so for example um the, the whole question of sugar, sugar or sweetener was a, was a big one. And I know a lot of people don't necessarily think about that, but sugar actually creates um, a lot of inflammation in the body. So I try and keep my sugar intake quite low and try and always fight the teenagers. I'm not eating too much sugar. It's a bit of a losing <laughs> battle. Um, so, you know, there was a moment when, with you know, we were sat around with a manufacturer and they said, look, it's either sugar or sweetener. So which one is it going to be? And I said, well, neither. Or I can compromise on a little bit of each, but I don't want that to be the main ingredient. And so there was a long silence. And then someone from R&D came up and uh, they scratched their head. And then they said, what about we replace most of the sugar with inulin? And inulin is a root that comes out, sorry, it's a, it's a fiber that comes out of the chicory root. Uh, it comes from the Netherlands. And it's basically a naturally sweet root. It's also a prebiotic. And uh, so they said, why don't we use this to sweeten the gummy? We would probably need to add a bit of sugar, a bit of sweetener, but it's going to be minimal. Your main sweetener is going to be the inulin. And it also gives you fiber, it's, which, is, which is always good for the gut. I mean, I, I think that's amazing. So sort of you, you, with your vision there, you just refuse to kind of compromise. I think a lot of people, I mean, I probably would have gone, okay, you're the expert, so I'm going to kind of just do what you say type thing. But it's great. To- yeah, I, yeah, I was a bit of a pain. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think yeah, I think it's yeah. really it's really interesting when you have a kind of vision for these things, you know, sticking to it. I think can be very very critical. But it sounds like because you've done all the homework, you've got the the kind of concept in your head. You knew exactly what you were were trying to achieve. Yeah, yeah, and you know, Dave, I think that's actually quite quite an important point because 
when you're building a business, you know, first of all, you, you need to articulate to yourself what is it that you want to achieve and why, and what what problem are you solving with that product, and really, really understand yourself first before you create a product or a service. You need to understand, as a person, what do you stand for? What is important to you? What's your North Star? And for me, it was, you know, these several things, which is why I called it manifesto. You know, the other one was the no plastic, which was just like <laughs> another headache. Um, and there, you know, they said, well, listen, it's a food. So it has to be and it's a it's a vitamin. So it, it has to be in a watertight, airtight packaging. That is the reason why everybody puts it in plastic. Uh, and I said, well, there must be another way. And they, they said, absolutely no. This is the only way. I said, well, why don't you put it in glass? And they said, well, glass, glass can break on the, on the manufacturing line. And if it does, it can contaminate the entire production. So we can't, we're not going to use glass. So I went away. And I, I think I was quiet for a few weeks because I was like, I can't. I can't. It's not in line with my values. I just cannot put a product out in plastic. And in the end, I went to a production, like a show, uh, a packaging show, and I was walking around and I saw, I stopped by this stand and they were doing these beautiful vintage tins. You know, like how they had these beautiful tins in, in like tea tins and, and biscuit tins when you go to Liberties or you know, any of the beautiful department stores. And I thought, I love those. They're beautiful. They're a bit oldie-worldie. So maybe we can make them a bit more modern and up-to-date. But I love those. And I would keep them and I put other stuff in them. So I went back and I said, well, can we put it in these tins? And they said, well, yeah, we can. But they're not airtight or watertight completely. So you're still going to need to put it in a plastic pouch. And I was like, oh, <laughs> there's got to be a solution to this so again a few weeks go by and eventually lots of lots of violent research on google and uh and i basically found a manufacturer in yorkshire um who who make this it looks like plastic but it's a foil that's made out of uh sustainably grown eucalyptus trees wow um, and it acts like plastic, so uh, it's completely watertight, but you can put it, you can home compost it, and it will go in 10 to 12 weeks. And uh, so I sent this to the manufacturer, and I said, could you please try this product? And they were like, oh, it's, not, it's never going to work. It's not going to work on our machines, but okay, send it, and we'll try it. And the first try completely failed. Uh, I was devastated. I probably cried for about two days because I was like, this is it. I'm giving up. I'm not doing this. If I can't do it, no plastic. And then I thought, okay, pull yourself together, woman. Uh, I went back to the manufacturer. I said, can you make a tweak? Can you give me this? I think they needed a thinner material. They found something and then that worked. And then... I, I actually literally opened a glass of like a bottle of champagne when that worked. <laughs> Went back to the manufacturer in Yorkshire and they said, okay, well, the minimum order quantity is going to be 10 kilometers. How many do you need? And I was like, uh, I need 200 meters. <laughs> <laughs> and so there was a long pause and they were like, 
Okay, well, uh, how about we give you a trial reel and we just put it down as a trial and we'll just, you know, we'll just help you out on this occasion. And I was like, oh my God, you guys, I love you. <laughs> Thank you for supporting my vision. Thank you. I, I can't even begin to tell you how awesome you are. I was like, you know, super excited. I Look, I, it's an incredible story. I mean, it just shows you the determination you had you know the no compromise around it it sounds like the manufacturers actually managed to get them on side and they were quite vested into the whole thing so you know i think it's a it, it but it's it's a real story of determination i mean i i think yeah. your story around having a few dark nights i mean there isn't a founder out there who hasn't sort of got to the point where they think is it worth kind of carrying on so um no it's it it it, it it's incredible and i think your point around you know the packaging and you know is it aluminium packet yeah yeah it's a, yeah it's a tin it's infinitely recyclable yeah i mean it's um, I just, reusable so i i um i interviewed um the uh founder of canna water last week and um so canna water mm -hmm. is is water in a aluminium can and he said it's the reason they their whole business is built around um is built around aluminium uh, and the recycling of aluminium because and, and yeah. so it's 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 kind of interesting because i think you know that's obviously kind of comes at a cost as well but you know from a kind of planet point of view it's 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 sort of a, a brilliant material to use isn't it yeah, if it's recycled, for sure, um, you know, that's kind of one of the problems with plastic as well is that, uh, you know, people think, oh, I'm going to recycle it, so that's okay. But only something like 9 to 10% of all plastic produced is recycled. Um, and also, even when it is recycled, you can only recycle it once or twice before it loses its, uh, uh, its ability, like the material degrades, so you can't use it anymore. So, uh, it, you know, the whole idea that you can, I'm even Boris said it. I mean, I don't really agree with him on so many things, but on this one I did. Recycling does not work. Um, so we have to move away from the idea that we can recycle out, you know, recycle our way out of the problem because we can't. We have to find different solutions. I mean, I guess what's what's interesting is you've then come up with a very beautifully crafted product, which is you know the the packaging has intrinsic value as you say so people can kind of they don't have to recycle it they can kind of use it so um you know i i i think that whole sort of thought process is kind of fascinating but i think leads to a kind of really really positive outcome um you you know so it, it it's interesting so when you um finally got the the product and you've got the packaging how did you go about sort of launching uh the manifesto for manifesto <laughs> well um actually i went direct to consumers this is only launched a few months ago so we are very very new oh, in the market um yeah so we've launched direct to consumer uh we i do have a pr company so they've really helped uh get the word out there get it to um, journalists, get it to people. I think it's important to get the story out and, and get the product into people's hands because, 
you know, I think the minute that people are, are, are trying it, they are reusing it. And what's been really encouraging is that I had some really nice feedback from both journalists, but also customers. So uh, we are getting repeat purchases already uh, after only about uh, three months in the market um, and people are starting to subscribe. So this is this is really, really encouraging. I also had some very nice approaches from retailers and people wanting it in different markets. So it just feels like I'm basically sat at the bottom of a ginormous mountain. You know, you think you think the big hurdle is kind of creating the product and then you realize, oh, no, <laughs> there's many, many more big hurdles to carry. So it's, it's such a fascinating analogy. That's what I always say. Running a business is like climbing a mountain. That's I always say that. Well, you never reach the top. So every time you think you've made it you then realize that there's more to come. And I th I guess that's the fun thing about having a business is it's an eternal journey. So, um, okay, I, 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 that's, that, that's kind of fascinating. And then, I mean, I had a look at, I mean, the website's beautiful. Um, yeah, no, I think it's a real, you know, you've obviously thought very carefully about how to kind of make the, the product the hero. It's very simple and straightforward. Um, you know, and I think when, again, when people are thinking about starting a business, it's um, it's important to think about things like the website and also the sort of social media um, activity as well. I did think a lot. So that's another thing that I guess as a as a founder, you have to think about. And I, I didn't necessarily appreciate just how difficult this piece is, is to really define the language of the brand and how you want to talk. So, you you know, I have my own way of talking, but how does the brand communicate? And I think this is really important because, uh, I mean, I come from the beauty industry. I, I, I know very well the supplement industry, and there's a lot of kind of toxic language out there, you know, I'm not saying everybody, but there's a lot of toxic and misleading language. So I didn't want I didn't want to fall into that. I wanted to make sure that our imagery, our language is very straightforward, is not misleading. You know, it kind of does what it says on the tin. No, no, I, I, I can really see that. I can really see that. So, um, no, it's it, it's really it's really interesting. And, it, you know, it, it sort of feels very positive as well. You know, and I think there's a real. You can kind of see it in the health and the, the beauty industry that they often play off negative, the, the sort of negative side of things. So it's it's great to kind of see how positive that, that is. So, you know, again, I'm sure, but that feels like it goes back to when that original moment where you thought, I, I'm going to change what I'm doing and these are the values I live by. It sort of found its way all the way through to this. So it's... Oh, thank you for noticing that. Thanks well, for no, saying that. Really, I think it's really important that, you, you know, for founders that you, it doesn't sound like you've compromised. You've you've done what you've set out to do. And, you know, I, I, I'm sure that just is for you. a really feels like a really fabulous, fabulous sort of outcome. Well, it's funny you say that, Dave, but um, I don't know. I mean, you probably interview a lot of founders. So one of the things that I find really, really hard is to sit back and celebrate something. Because I'm always, I, I mean, I, I'm literally incapable of saying, oh, this is fantastic. I'm so happy. 
or maybe these minutes, like the last minutes or seconds. But then I'm always on to the next thing that I, I need to do or I need to improve or, you know, that could be better. I'm always seeing the things that could go wrong. So it's the journey is kind of a real mental no, I, torture. I, I understand that. I mean, I when you're what's the saying is when you're traveling at the speed of light, it feels like you're standing still the whole time. So you know, I think people often do forget to sort of celebrate the, the the moments, but I think it's really good to kind of step back and occasionally pat yourself on the back and go, "This is this is I've I've achieved something at least," you know. So, and I I think in terms of the opportunity, again, it's interesting that you saw there was a kind of gap in the market as well, and I think that's often looking at the sort of market opportunities often really important as well so you know it feels like you kind of did all the right research you know spent time of research you spent time yeah. on analysis and um yeah no it, it, it it's really really good. it was i would say it was quite instinctive at first and then when i looked at all of the numbers uh you know it it totally it it totally backed it up you know my gut feel uh because i saw that Say, for example, the market in vitamins was growing really fast. At the time, three years ago, it was probably growing at about like uh, 6%, 7%. But then the gummies within that were growing at double digits. So yeah. I could see that there was already more development. Mm -hmm. But that number for vitamins now, after the pandemic, is that market's growing at 19%. Right. So it there's a lot of activity out there. I think people have been under enormous amount of physical and mental strain. And, you know, they're looking, everybody wants to feel better and to look better and to sort of have this thing behind ourselves, you know, behind, be, yeah. No, I think, I, think, I think you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining me. Thank today. you for having it's me. Such, such a wonderful story. I'm super impressed with your tenacity and, um, you know, good luck with it. Um, I, I can see it's going to be a, a, a big hit. So thank you so much again for joining. Well, thanks for having me. Take care, Dave. Thank you for listening to Pep Talk today, powered by The Purposeful Project. If you found it interesting, please give us a review and follow us. In addition, you can sign up to our website and get loads more free entrepreneur knowledge, as well as get access to Pep Talk and The Purposeful Project podcast direct in your inbox every week.